You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to Your Canadian's Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens, with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. My name is Amy Johnson. I'll be your host for the next hour. Just sitting in this week for Michael Spinella while he's out of office. His do not disturb sign is on Uh, and uh, glad to be with you here for this hour. This is episode 195 of the Canadians Connection podcast. And of course, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, our editor in chief, founder and president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? I think it's Michael who's doing the disturbing. He's he's the drummer. He's the drummer in uh, in a band who is touring um and they have a couple of gigs in kingston and oshawa so he's as you said out of office uh this weekend and i'm really happy to uh have you in the hosting chair and and thank you for asking i'm doing well how are you doing doing all right thank you it's good it's uh you know when you're on the laval rocket beat um that's pretty exciting these days (laughs) it is there is no you know i'm i'm Enough with all of your pictures of vacations. Some of us are still working. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So we're going to talk about that in a bit. We've actually got lots to talk about today. We're going to get you caught up on all of the latest Montreal Canadiens news, including roster news, uh, some additions and... Uh, and contracts that were signed this week. We're going to bring you a prospect report and yes, get you all caught up on what is a very intense uh, Eastern conference final series between the rocket and the Springfield Thunderbirds, as well as get you caught up on what other Habs prospects are doing uh, in their respective postseasons as well. Uh, the CHL of course, still going strong and there's lots of Habs updates uh, on those uh, in those leagues as well. Uh, we also have some hockey news to bring you about the draft and about uh, coaching around the league and the Stanley Cup playoffs. So lots lots to talk about in the first segment. Then in the second segment, our big topic is under construction uh, this, this week. And we're going to talk about how some of the personnel moves that the Canadians are making um, both can, can fit into a more of a, a short-term role uh, for the Canadians, and that happened with uh, with one 
move that the Habs made this week. And then there's others that are going to be more of kind of long-term moves for the, for the front office of the Montreal Canadiens. And that also happened this week. So we're going to talk in depth about that, what it means for this rebuild uh, and what to expect going forward. And then finally, in our third segment, uh, we will get you caught up on anything you might have missed uh, around our different Rocket Sports platforms and get you all set for uh, what we have to bring you this week uh, with our team here at Rocket Sports Media. So it's going to be a pretty exciting show today. Sounds great. Uh, Don't forget, this is an interactive podcast. You can, of course, text us anytime if you've got something that you'd like to say uh, at our Rocket Sports text line, which is 5853ROCKET. And, of course, you can also follow this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at HabsConnection. Visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And also hit the subscribe button and hit the share button. Uh, Two really simple things for you to do that really go a long way towards helping us continue to grow this Montreal Canadiens fan community. So we really appreciate that. Uh, We're going to first start with some uh, moments, uh, highlights and moments for the Canadians this week. And uh, that honor this week belongs to none other than Nick Suzuki. Uh, Why is he in the news this week? Well, he's been named as an ambassador for the Assista Foundation. They're a nonprofit organization that, quote, helps children and adults cope with mental health conditions through the use of service dogs. We love the good boys with the four legs, the furry guys. Uh, And uh, particularly when they are... They've uh, successfully completed their intense training to become service dogs or therapy dogs. There's a, it's a very noble cause, whether it's for mental health, uh, stress, uh, even goes as far outside of, you know, an organization like this for people in hospice or people who are spending long times in hospitals in recovery, um, after procedures and so forth. It's just a great uh, initiative and uh, glad to hear that Nick Suzuki has found such a worthy cause to be part of. I'm always amazed by service dogs and what they can do and what they've been trained to do. Um, and in, in this role uh, with uh, the Assista Foundation, um, it's, it's dogs who are trained uh, to help both children and adults uh, cope with mental health. Uh, we see service dogs helping with physical impairments. Uh, even um, Max Domi, we remember he had a service dog. Um, that was specially trained to detect changes in his body, uh, blood chemistry. Uh, his he's suffering from a, a diabetes or or has an issue with diabetes, and the the uh, the dog was specially trained for that. So this is a wonderful cause for um, Nick Suzuki to get involved with. We know up until this point, anyways, he's been a cat guy. He has his cat Milo, um, but some wonderful photos of Nick um, with uh, with some um, with some dogs on the Montreal Canadiens website. There's a couple of golden retrievers and and others. He looks pretty happy in his new role. Absolutely, and uh, I, th- I think that that's a good fit for Nick Suzuki, uh, and I think it's something that he'll do really well at. Uh, now, as far as roster news, a couple of we have we have four four points to bring you in roster news this week, and two of them we're just going to touch on very lightly because we're actually going to talk on them more more in depth coming up in the second segment. And one of those is our first uh, bullet point here, which is that uh, the thing that probably made the biggest splash across headlines this this week was the Canadians announcing that they had appointed uh, women's hockey star Marie Philippe Poulain as a part time player development consultant. Um, certainly a ripple effect, not only in Montreal, but across the province of Quebec and really across uh, Canada in general. Um, 
she's certainly a, a very popular icon uh, in her sport and and in uh, you know Canadian hockey culture uh, a, a, around the country and around the province. And so it was a very exciting announcement. Uh, her and Jeff Molson. Uh, both presenting themselves to media uh, to answer questions. And as I said, Rick, we're going to talk about it more in depth, really, in the second segment. But uh, fans were definitely feeling the buzz on this announcement. Yeah, I think fans are pretty excited. Jeff Molson was pretty excited. Um, the owner uh, sitting there, he committed to adding a woman to hockey ops uh he checked that box and and um, and he was he was he was beaming throughout. Looked pretty proud, and uh, some really good reaction uh, from the fan base uh, to this particular move. Absolutely. So we will go much more in depth on on that hiring in the next segment. Um, for for us here at Rocket Sports and anyone who is uh, familiar with the guys behind the scenes in hockey ops for the Laval. Uh, for the Montreal Canadiens AHL affiliate, this next roster uh, move was a pretty, pretty exciting one. And that's the uh, now, interestingly enough, the Canadians haven't un- haven't made this announcement yet. But Ramuski has announced that they will now, uh, starting this this upcoming season, be without the services of Francis Saint Pierre, who uh, is an equipment manager for them. Uh, has been for the last two years. If that name sounds familiar to you, it's because prior to his joining Ramuski, uh, Frankie, as he's uh, as he's more commonly known, uh, was the assistant equipment manager for the Hamilton Bulldogs, the St. John's Ice Caps, and even the Laval Rocket up till two years ago. And so uh, Ramuski announcing that, uh, wishing him well, uh, because it had come to light that Frankie will be uh, moving on as the assistant equipment manager of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, and I, for one, I know, Rick, you'll, you'll agree with me here, could not be more excited about this hiring uh, Frankie is exceptionally good at what he does, and he is just one of the nicest guys in hockey. Uh, always greets you with a big, warm smile and looks genuinely happy to see whoever it is that he passes in a hallway. Uh, and it's just, I think, a great move by the Montreal Canadiens for hiring Francis St. Pierre. A good person, um, good at his job. Uh, the The equipment staff put in uh, enormous hours and, and it's physically demanding work. Uh, they have to pay attention to details. They have to, um, you know, keep in mind, uh, the, the differing needs of, of, um, the, the all of their players, uh, the, the coaching staff, um, and that they're, they're just amazing people and, and they work in a group, they work as a team, uh, Frankie is, as you said, um, he's always got a big smile and always got a hug for you. Um, it's, uh, when we have the opportunities to talk to him, uh, that, uh, there, there's always, uh, he's always in a good mood. Um, I sure hope the Canadians have a position for him because the Oceanic Oceanic have said goodbye already. Uh, and no, they've, they've made the announcement. I suspect that the delay by the Montreal Canadians has something to do with that. We know that, uh, the training staff, the department is being restructured. Uh, Pierre Gervais, the head equipment manager. Um, we, we know that there was a long farewell at the end of the season. Uh, he's spent countless, uh, years with the, the Canadians, um, and, and, uh, has been very good and appreciated by, by the, all of uh, the players. 
Um, and uh, moving into his position is Patrick Langlois, the former uh, assistant to the equipment manager. That leaves an opening, and uh, Frankie St. Pierre is going to be moving into that, and, and um, honestly couldn't be happier for him. And trust me, folks, if if you're not familiar with, with Frankie, with Francis St. Pierre, uh, if you get to see bits and pieces of him at all uh, once he kind of comes into his own role here as assistant qu- equipment manager of the Montreal Canadiens, you're going to love him. Don't worry. We we promise. <laughs> um, now, the other uh, announcement that was made this week, again, this is uh, the second item that we're going to touch on more in depth in the second segment, but that is the first uh, contract signing for a roster player of the season. And that is, uh, I think some people may have been surprised that the first contract to kind of come off the board as being a done deal was that of defenseman Chris Weidman. Uh, He was signed to a two-year contract extension that puts him with the team through the 23-24 season. Uh, $750,000 in the first year, uh, uh, increased to $775,000 in the second year. Um, And uh, since we are going to talk about this more uh, later in the show, I will simply say I am happy with this signing. I think this was a good deal for Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon to do. For sure. Chris Weidman, I've talked about it uh, in weeks past on the podcast, uh, would have been on my list for the Bichamp Award, the the Unsung Hero Award uh, that was given to Alexander Romanov. Happy with that decision too, but... um, Chris Weidman is is been is been um, we, we remember that that uh, it was Mark Bergevin that brought him back uh, from the KHL and gave him an opportunity with the Canadians and uh, and he's he's he had a terrific year um, and seems very committed to the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely. Um, so we'll talk about that more in just a few minutes. Um, Our last piece of roster news is a bit of sad news to have to report. Uh, Former Montreal Canadian defenseman Larry Hillman passed away this week at the age of 85. Larry Hillman, uh, what a a hockey career he had. Uh, A defenseman for for a number of teams. Uh, Many fans remember him uh, when he was with Detroit, when he was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He did play for the Montreal Canadiens 25 games. Um, and, uh, but he, he won six Stanley cups, uh, in the NHL. He was also in the WHA and won an Avco cup. Um, and then he was, um, um, a winner of the Calder cup. So Calder cup champion, uh, six time any, uh, Stanley cup champion and, uh, an Avco cup champion, uh, tremendous career. Um, and uh, should be mentioned that he's the uncle of former Canadians uh, forward Brian Savage. Uh, so where we we send out our thoughts and prayers to the Hillman family, to the Savage family, um, with our condolences uh, as they are going through a sad time. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to switch gears right now, however, and uh, take a look at the Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So first and foremost, really, uh, when it comes to the Habs prospect report, is the fact that the Laval Rocket are still chugging along. They are in the Eastern Conference final and fully entrenched in it. Uh, The series is tied 2-2. 
Uh, it's been a very bitter series, I guarantee, uh, after this series is done. Uh, there's a new rivalry uh, on, on the schedule next season for the, the Laval Rocket. Even though these two teams only met each other twice in the regular season, uh, new uh, fresh enemies have been made for sure. This has not been a friendly series. Uh, and it has continued. The, the the animosity has ramped up increasingly with every game. Uh, game five taking place tonight and kind of expecting, hoping it won't be complete chaos, but it could be. Um, we, uh, we've been, of course, following the Rocket, not just during the playoffs, but all year long over at the AHL Report, myself and Chris G uh, on the beat there. And in fact, Michael Spinella has uh, has even helped us out a couple of times with coverage over there. And Patrick Williams. And Patrick Williams, of course. Um, well, I mean, Patrick Williams is our AHL guru. He is just, you know, he's like he's like the expert on the whole league. I don't know how how he keeps it all up in that nugget of his that he can just pull it all out at any any moment. Uh, But yes, we've got a lot of, a lot of folks working hard on the AHL beat Um, for roster uh, news with the Rockets. uh, Two interesting things happened uh, during the course of this season. The first is that Canadians prospect Joshua Waugh, who signed an ATO with the team about two weeks ago. uh, He made his pro hockey debut in game three. Can you imagine making your pro hockey debut in game three of an Eastern Conference final series, I mean, that is like ridiculously memorable and not just a little bit of pressure. <laughs> uh, he did not play in game four, but JFL said uh, he liked uh, what he saw from Joshua Waugh in his debut and uh, just needed to uh, increase basically the size and weight of, of his uh, forward lines uh, because of uh, the heavy way in which Springfield was playing. Uh, in addition to that, we finally saw Gianni Fairbrother make his uh, first career AHL playoff debut uh, in game four when J.F. Uhl decided to insert him as a seventh defenseman. Um, Gianni Fairbrother, of course, before that, recovering from, uh, he had about a two-month layoff due to injury. And so he had been out of action for a while, but uh, came back uh, last night in game four and uh, did did pretty well. As we've said, um, both Joshua Waugh, Riley Kidney, when their seasons were done in the queue, uh, both signed to ATOs. It was uh, Joshua Waugh getting the, the first opportunity uh, to uh, to play for uh, Laval. And, and yeah, he, he didn't look out of place, but Mm-mm. the series is, um, is physical. The series is, is uh, uh, much more physical than they'd find in the queue. And so... Uh, he was replaced in Game Four with Devonte Smith Pelly. Uh, Johnny Fairbrother, he's a rugged character as it is. Uh, he's used to the physical stuff. He's used to doling out the the physical play. So brought in as the seventh defenseman and eased into the lineup uh, in Game Four. Uh, yes, and uh, reportedly it's looking like he probably won't play in Game Five in the back to back. It's looking more and more like JF Will is going to return to a traditional twelve and six formation. Uh, so we'll just have to see. Uh, hopefully he gets back into the lineup again soon. It's been uh, it's been literally back and forth throughout this entire series. Springfield winning it 
in overtime for game one uh, in Springfield. Laval tied it, tied the series uh, with a road win uh, in game two. The series then shifted to Laval where Springfield uh, won handily in game three. And then last night for game four, uh, despite being down 2 nothing early in the game, Laval came back and was able to win it in overtime to tie the series 2-2 and avoid tonight being an elimination game. Um the uh, the game for game four itself was uh, rowdy. It was boisterous. It was uh, in some ways a little embarrassing on the officiating side. Uh, there was a there was a goal uh, that was deemed to be a good goal uh, less than a second before the end of the first period. Uh, however, um, both the eye test, just watching it on TV or or live in the rink, you could see that the puck had not even gotten to the line before the green light went on for the end of the period, even though the officials claim that there was just under a second left on the clock. Uh, I spoke to head coach Drew Bannister with the Springfield Thunderbirds after the game last night. He was questioning it as well. Um, So not great there. Uh, Certainly, I mean, Laval certainly was happy with it. Uh, It changed the complete momentum of the game for them. Um, there were a number the officiating was very, very question I, I don't want to say questionable, but the officiating wasn't consistent at all last night. There were a number of missed penalties on both sides of the ice. Um, and uh, not keeping things under control throughout the game led to an all-out brawl after the game. 99 penalty minutes assessed after the game was over including eight misconducts, uh, a game misconduct for Joe Hofer on uh, Hofer on Springfield side as the netminder. Uh, according to our Chris G, who is already at uh, Placibel to get ready for game five, uh, JF Ull, as far as he is aware, says that uh, no disciplinary action is going to come down at least today, saying that the AHL uh, does typically take two days to review such things. So it is possible that Joel Hofer could play tonight and then end up getting suspended uh, subsequently after that. We don't know. But um, it's, uh, <laughs> needless to say, Rick, it's going to be it's going to be an intense game five for sure. Well, with um, with the with the the way the the uh, goal turned out uh, for them to then go and uh, give Springfield a, a second strike uh, with that um, as you said, the 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 incident afterwards, it, it was silly for the um, officials to assess the penalties that uh, they did. If they had have been consistent in assessing penalties throughout the game, it would have been more under control and not uh, not that situation. Uh, the officials explained the the, the goal discrepancy uh, through some sort of delay that there was some sort of delay between uh, the embedded clock and and the uh, green light and and uh, it, it was just a bad look overall uh, for the AHL. Scott Hausen was in the building, um, so I, I think it's incumbent upon uh, all the folks to to get things right. I mean, we're down to. Uh, you know, these are the final four. This is, uh, w- and and look at all of the new fans, uh, all the new eyes, all the Montreal Canadiens eyes that are on the Laval Rocket um, happening. You know, there's probably St. Louis fans that are, are new to Springfield and following. Um, so they got to get these things right. Um, but having said that, it's been a very tight series, a very physical series, a very close series. And um, one game, Left in Laval, and then two 
possibly to in uh, Springfield. Absolutely. Uh, we will have full coverage for you over at AHLReport.com. You can follow along. Uh, if you're not able to watch the game, you can follow along with our live in-game updates on Twitter at the AHL Report. Um, we look forward to uh, seeing you there. Uh, elsewhere, Habs prospects are really busy in their postseasons around the CHL. Uh, we'll start with the OHL. They're in their finals. The series is tied 2-2 between the Hamilton Bulldogs and the Windsor Spitfires as Hamilton beat Windsor last night 3-2 in overtime. Canadians prospect Jan Meshack with the game-winning overtime goal and an assist on the night. In addition to Arbor Jackeye with an assist, um, I got to say, you know, uh, these two have really uh, kind of come into their own with Hamilton this year. Uh, Jackeye, of course, being traded to Hamilton from Kitchener uh, midseason. Um, and I'm very excited. You know, we had a, an opportunity to get a, a glimpse of Jan Meshack last year when he was eligible to play in the AHL due to the pandemic shutdowns. Um Really looking forward to seeing how his game has even progressed farther from from the good things that we saw last year. Arbor Jackeye, I think, uh, obviously hasn't. Yeah, he's. Would you believe he's gotten himself a Gordie Howe hat trick in this series? Um, it's uh, it's certainly something. Let me tell you, uh, Arbor Jackeye, uh, not one to necessarily check himself on the discipline side of things. So we'll see if that. Uh, works to his advantage once he goes pro or if it becomes a weakness in his game uh, yet to be determined. Gordy Hell hat trick tough enough in the regular season, even tougher the way the game's called um, as far as fighting goes. Uh, fights are pretty rare in the playoffs, uh, really rare in the OHL. And so quite uh, an accomplishment, I guess you'd say. Uh, Jan Meshack, we've been singing his praises for a while. And, and yeah, he played more than 20 games with, um, the Ham with um, uh, the Laval Rocket uh, to get that uh, that that AHL um, uh, taste under his belt. He's a second round pick in 2020, and and uh, uh, just an absolute tenacious uh, player on all over the ice. Um, chips in with timely goals, um, and and is getting a reputation as a bit of a clutch player. Um, and all those qualities similar to another player who's left the organization who we're going to talk about in a bit, but um, really excited to see when uh, Jan Mishak joins the Laval Rocket for good uh, next fall. Moving over to the QMJHL, a uh, couple of Canadians prospects making an impact there as well. Uh, Charlottetown Islanders and Schwinnigan Cataracts are in the midst of the QMJHL final series. Uh Xavier Simino and William Trudeau both getting on the score sheet last night. Simino with four assists, Trudeau with two goals as Charlottetown beat Shawinigan seven to nothing last night to avoid being eliminated. Uh, Shawinigan up three one now in that final series, uh, but Simino and Trudeau certainly uh, making their uh, names heard in that one. Don't take your opponent opponent for granted. Shawinigan uh, went into that game. Uh, having won the three previous, looking for a sweep, and uh, yeah, Charlottetown said absolutely not and pasted them seven to nothing. Absolutely. And finally, moving over to the WHL, uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings currently lead the Seattle Thunderbirds in that final. Uh, the uh, the prospect everyone's watching there, of course, is Caden Gooley. 
in fact, Can- Canadian's player development coach uh, Francis Bullion uh, this week on 98.5 FM said uh, that Caden Gooley is the organization's brightest prospect. Uh, and I would I would contend to agree with him. Um we saw, again, a very brief stint with Laval during his eligibility last uh, season, as well as his efforts in training camp this past year, uh, that Caden Gooley uh, has a lot of skill. He's got a lot of size. He's got a lot of talent. He's got great leadership. He's very mature for his age. Uh, and he's had quite an exciting year uh, for both teams that he's played for this year uh, as he progresses farther into the playoffs. Uh, we'll be very excited to see what he does this fall. Uh, in fact, Mark Masters with TSN uh, sat down with him recently to talk about uh, just everything going on with him and his current development projection. Uh, and he had, as as uh, as Caden Gooley is, is wont to do, he uh, kind of kept the focus on himself in terms of taking all of the responsibility for whatever happens, that, that it's on him to do what he can do and control what he can control. Uh, but he seems pretty positive about the year he's had and what's coming ahead in the next few months. Yeah, I think um, they just kind of tell me to keep playing. Um, I mean, um, just keep working on my game and um, keep trying to improve all the time. And um, they're watching and um, you know, often too crazy. I think they, they know that we've got good coaching staff here and um, they don't want to overload me with a bunch of, a bunch of information. So um, they're just watching and, and telling me to keep playing my game and keep leading. And, um, you know, they've been good. They've been in, in touch all year. So um, it's always great when you have to hear from those guys and they give you a little bit of uh, information here and there. I think it's just up to me to go, go to camp next year and, um, and do my best and, and um, try my best to, to make the team. Uh, ultimately it's, uh, it's up to them to make that decision for, for me. And um, if they think I'm ready or not, and um, only, thing I can, only thing I can really control at that point is, is my game and, and my work ethic. So, um, I mean, at, at that time, when the time comes, I'm just going to be going to camp and, and trying my best and, and working my hardest to, to make the team. Caden Gooley um, is sounding very, very calm, very mature, very down to earth. Um, even though uh, just uh, one game away from uh, a berth into the Memorial Cup. Um, he just has that uh, presence about him both on and off the ice. Um, obviously a physical presence while he's on the ice, and we've seen that in the playoffs for the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Of course, he came over to the Oil Kings um, midway through the season from the Prince Albert Raiders. Um, and has had a terrific season, a terrific playoffs. Um, you mentioned uh, Francis Bullion. Uh, the quote from uh, from from Frankie in in that uh, interview with ninety eight five was uh, quote Caden Gooley is amazing, um, and so uh, the the Canadians organization is is high on him. Uh, you heard uh, Mark. Um, Mark, his response to um, Mark Masters' question about the feedback that he's been getting from the Montreal Canadiens, just keep playing his game. And we've heard uh, Rob Ramage um, use the, the, these words before that, uh, you know, he keeps in touch and, and tries to be a support and offer uh, things here and there, but he doesn't want to, he wants to respect uh, the coaching staff. He doesn't want to send mixed messages of the junior club where their prospects uh, reside. And uh, you heard um, uh, Caden Gooley just um, parrot those comments. And he, he said exactly the same thing that 
the, the Montreal Canadiens have the trust in the Edmonton Oil, Oil Kings uh, coaching staff and, uh, and, and confident that, that they'll uh, be part of this development path that he's on. And, and Gouley has, we've seen him grow this particular season. Um, and then looking forward, looking forward to training camp in the fall um, and uh, how, he, how he's going to approach that, how he's going to show up and show, uh, you know, through his work ethic, uh, through his presence on the ice, um, and, and, and then do his best and then see what uh, the Canadians decide if he'll uh, stay with, um, take a spot in the lineup or whether he'll need uh, some time in, in, in Laval. Um, it just really, uh, this is a, a great experience. Um, and we know the oil Kings have, have now moved into, um, uh, the Rogers center, uh, the, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, well eliminated the may uh, have, have made room for the oil Kings. The oil Kings got their logo at center ice. They're in the big dressing room. They had, um, uh, Wayne Gretzky or the, you know, the royalty of, of the, uh, the hockey world, uh, visit them for a pregame pep talk. They had Paul Bissonnette in there. Um, these guys are, are being treated pretty well, uh, at the WHL level. They really are. Um, but if there's anyone to make sure that you, you know, no matter how bright your future looks and how much of a top prospect you are, if there's anyone who's going to keep you well grounded and down to earth, it's your mom. And there was just a terrific moment in the middle of this Mark Masters interview uh, on TSN with Caden Gooley, where um, he's in the middle of answering a question and suddenly um, mom comes in to do mom kinds of things. And and Caden has just absolutely the most natural teenager reaction of mom. You got to hear it for yourself. Take a listen to this. Mom. I'm doing it every Speaking of family, eh? Yeah. I'm making supper. Yeah, she's making supper. What's on the menu? What's on the menu tonight at the Ghoulie household? Steak tonight, yeah. It's steak tonight. (laughs) Mom's got things to do. She can't worry about a TSN interview. She's got to get in there and get supper ready. Um, And it was just a very genuine kind of uh, moment uh, um, that, uh, yes, he's... he's, uh, a prospect, a top prospect. He's amazing, as as uh, uh, Francis Boulian said, but he's just uh, a teenager in mom's household <laughs> and uh, just a, a wonderful moment. Should say, you know, steak on the menu. Caden uh, Gooley said uh, he likes to eat steak and potatoes uh, the night before a game, the dinner before a game, and that that's advice he's received through the, through the nutrition experts from the Montreal Canadiens, again, referring back to how they've been supportive and in contact with him all throughout the hockey uh, year. Absolutely. Um, and uh, good on mom. Got to keep things real in the Gooley household. I like that a lot. Uh, so be sure, of course, to uh, read all the content, bookmark AHLreport.com for all of your prospect and Laval Rocket news. And also listen to the Press Zone podcast hosted by myself and Rick every Tuesday uh, on AHLreport.com. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. And uh, yeah, we uh, we welcome you to join us there. Uh, in other news, um, general hockey news, tickets went on sale Thursday for the NHL entry draft in Montreal. It was actually a pre-sale on Thursday with uh, general public availability happening on Friday. Um, 
Is there a word in that sentence that sounds maybe a little strange to people who are well familiar with how the draft typically works? Um, probably. If if you've not attended the draft before or are not familiar uh, with how the draft is usually run, uh, then I can assure you that saying that tickets were for sale this week is not the norm. Uh, it's it's an interesting choice that the Montreal Canadiens make uh, that they decided to sell their tickets. Uh, of course, season ticket holders always have uh, the availability first and foremost to to get tickets to the draft uh, because they are season ticket holders, and then they open it to the rest of the public, uh, usually to fill the upper bowls and a little bit in kind of the, the, the back of the lower bowl in the reds, in this case, for the Bell Center. But most of the time, the hosting team um, offers all of those things for free, um, basically just kind of a first-come, first-served general admission free of charge uh, just claim your ticket, or maybe it's something as little as even like ten dollars. Like nominal it's, charge. It's a yeah. really nominal fee. Uh, Canadians went full bore on this, uh, announcing you know different ticket packages and you know it, to sit in the Reds. I think it was starting at like one hundred and forty dollars or something like that. Um, so okay, they were looking to make a buck on this. Well, um, in their effort to just make a make a little bit of revenue uh, off of the popularity of hosting the draft and having the first overall pick. Um, really, the people who lose are the fans of the Montreal Canadiens because what ended up happening is within minutes, both on Thursday and Friday, tickets were completely sold out and most of them were snapped up by third-party sellers and scalpers who are now reselling them for exorbitant amounts of money, basically pricing out regular fans who just wanted to come and celebrate the Montreal Canadiens next generation. This was a disaster, schmozzle. Um, it it was it, it, it the Montreal Canadiens um, have had uh, the draft awarded to them for the last few years. They had three years because of of the way that the drafts have had to go virtual the last uh, couple of years. Uh, they've they've had a lot of time to prepare for this, and they missed out. Uh, this this was this was a bad rollout. Uh, they looked. They looked bad. Fans are upset, with good reason. Uh, seeing prices now um, close to a thousand dollars for for the draft, when, as you said, in the past, a nominal charge or free. Um, this this was not this was not the um, uh, this was not a good look to go and gouge fans, particularly the way uh, the the pandemic has affected so many of them. Um, and, and it just, uh, uh, Jeff Molson was asked about this, uh, in the, uh, at right towards the end of, um, the, um, Marie, uh, Philippe, um, um, uh, Poulin news conference. Somebody said, you know what, Jeff, we're getting hammered, uh, asking uh, fans, asking us questions about, about when, when are draft tickets going to be available? This was earlier in the week. Uh, no announcement had been made to that point. Jeff Molson, deer in the headlights, didn't have a clue. It was Chantel who jumped in, gave the answer, and then Jeff repeated exactly what Chantel said. Um, th- this this needed to be handled better, and and unfortunately, for a moment that worked out, it could, could it have worked out better? Uh, the Canadians hosting the draft, the Canadians having the first uh, overall pick, uh, doesn't happen that often, and. Um, this 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 was botched uh, badly, very badly. 
we'll uh, we'll have to wait to see how it all plays out. I know there's a lot of very, very uh, sad, angry, disappointed Canadians fans out there uh, who have come to the conclusion that they are not going to be able to attend the draft because of how this was handled. Uh, as far as other NHL news, the coaching carousel continues. Uh, possibly a bit surprising to some when Boston announced that the Bruins had fired their head coach, Bruce Cassidy. Uh, maybe none was more surprised than Bruce Cassidy himself, who uh, made a comment uh, within days following the announcement saying that he had been told at his end of season interview a couple of weeks ago that his job was safe uh, and that that he was secure. So uh, an interesting move uh, for for Sweeney and the, the head office over there in Boston. But Bruce Cassidy officially on the market. A little, uh, yeah, and and just a, another experienced, uh, top-notch coach on the the free agent coaching market, which uh, certainly has a lot of talent on it. Uh, just another tidbit of information, and that was uh, Bruce Cassidy indeed was surprised by the news. He was also surprised by Don Sweeney showing up at his home this past week, and uh, he was there to let him know that he was fired. It's a uh... Nice you stop by, Don. <laughs> Do you Thanks. want a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, there are, you know, the list of uh, NHL teams with head coaching vacancies just continues to grow. And there are a ton of great candidates just ripe for the picking uh, sitting out there. Um the Chicago Blackhawks are one of the teams who are certainly uh, in the process of looking for a new head coach for next season. Uh, and reportedly, they have requested permission and reportedly received permission from the Montreal Canadiens to interview Luke Richardson, uh, the the assistant coach handling the defense for the Canadiens the last couple of years uh, for the head coach position in Chicago. I say I'm all for it. Uh, Chicago or anybody else who wants to interview Luke Richardson for a head coaching job, Job, you're going to get a quality coach behind the bench. So uh, I wish Luke Richardson the best of luck uh, with whomever he interviews with. One of the most uh, experienced coaches on the Montreal Canadiens bench. Uh, Luke Richardson was a head coach in the AHL. He's got tons of coaching experience, uh, well-respected uh, around the league, really well-respected by his players. His players talk about going through a wall for him. Um, he, he'll be a strong candidate uh, for the vacancy in Chicago. Um, I just uh, be, let's compare how t- uh, different teams do things. Chicago uh, fired their coach midseason uh, back in November, Jeremy Colleton, and they um, uh, promoted uh, in an, on an interim basis an assistant coach, Derek King. Now, Derek King is a candidate for uh, the full, uh, full um, permanent head coaching position in Chicago. But it wasn't just handed, handed to him. Uh, they brought in strong candidates like Luke Richardson, like Brad Shaw, an assistant in Vancouver. Um, so it, it wasn't just a, a coronation at the end of the season, as we've seen in Montreal. Uh, they're going through a, a full coaching search. Well, uh, good on them. It's certainly what I had been advocating ever since Ducharme was fired and, and St. Louis was brought in as the interim. Um, I, I've always said my phrase has been do your due diligence. Um, and if at the end of that, if Marty St. Louis is still your favorite guy, then I'm fully behind that. But at least you've exhausted all of their options and interviewed the other candidates available. So 
We'll see how that goes, and we'll see who Chicago ends up with, and we'll see if Luke Richardson is still behind the bench in any capacity with the Montreal Canadiens uh, come September. Uh, it's very possible that he might be elsewhere. Um, as far as the Stanley Cup playoffs are concerned, uh, still moving right along. Colorado sweeping Edmonton uh, as they advance, the Avalanche advance to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, on the stick of none other than Arturi Lekkanen, scoring the game-winning overtime goal to send his team to the Stanley Cup final. Oh, just for the second year in a row. No big deal. Arturi Lekkanen's been very fun to watch this postseason. Now, the, 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 the National Hockey League has been around for a very long time, so there must be dozens and dozens and dozens of players who've done just that, done what Arturi Lekkanen did, sent with an overtime goal, sending his team to the Stanley Cup um, uh, finals two years in a row. Well, no, there's in the history of the, of the National Hockey League, there's only been one other player who's done that. His name, Gordy Drillon, for the, Montre- uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he did it way back in 1938 and 1939. Well, that's a pretty pretty significant thing. <laughs> and good on good on Arturi Lekkanen. Good on Arturi Lekkanen. Uh, another, and oh, and we'll, uh, just to add, Nathan McKinnon, he'd give up ten round, uh, first round picks for for Arturi Lekkanen. That's exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I would agree with him. <laughs> I think any. I think that would be just fine. Um, Brett Kulak also making headlines, making me write in my notes on this agenda. Um, what? Like, could you explain this further, please? Because Brett Kulak came out and said simply, "quote." There's definitely a chance they'll see me in Montreal again. Oh. And then didn't explain anything further than that. Hmm. So that's causing a bit of a buzz. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's, uh, he was asked by um, uh, Montreal media uh, whether, whether there, he would be open to coming back to Montreal. And he said uh, those words, definitely a chance to, uh, for fans to see him in Montreal again. Now, he didn't say, as a Montreal Canadian or as a, a member of another team. Um, maybe he was being coy. Maybe he was just being genuine. Um, we like Brett Kulak. He's a great interview. We've interviewed him. Um, but we, we just, I personally wouldn't want to see the, the band put back together. Um, these, these uh, part of the reason was to get assets back uh, for these players at the trade deadline. But the other part of the reason was making room for your young players. And, and with Chris Weidman's hiring, maybe that, that versatile uh, defenseman who can play up and down the lineman, maybe the lineup, maybe that spot has been taken um, and, uh, and leave those spots for the younger players. Speaking of familiar names in the Stanley cup playoffs that keep reappearing, uh, we see that as uh, in the Easter conference final, Tampa Bay, uh, coming back from a rough start to begin the series, they now lead the New York Rangers 3-2 to two in that series. They'll uh, play Game 6 tonight. Uh, New York Rangers facing elimination tonight, so we'll see if they can come up with an equalizer to send the, the series to, to Game 7. But who was it who was the hero for the Lightning in Game 5? Well, none other than former Canadian defenseman Mikhail Sergachev. Uh, Sergachev's had quite an impact in this playoffs yet again how many cups does he have now since he left montreal um you know you've got sergachev you've got chris Kreider, uh you've got uh, ryan mcdonough you've got Corey perry you've got arturi lekkanen you've got all sorts of names that are very familiar for habs fans 
some of them, not all of them, but some of them kind of, uh, oh, what could have been if a different decision had been made. Uh, but very interesting to to watch the rosters as they continue to find success to see who's making an impact. Decisions have consequences. Bad decisions can have consequences for years and years and years. Chris Kreider over, um, uh, rather than uh, not taking uh, Chris Kreider and taking Louis LeBlanc instead. Training M- M- Mikhail Sergachev um, for Jonathan Drouin. Terrible decision, of course. The Ryan McDonough uh, decision, a bad decision. Uh, still affecting um, the Canadians in a negative way, still affecting other teams in a positive way this late in the playoffs. All right. Well, we are going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, coming up, we are going to tackle our big topic segment. We're titling that Under Construction, where we're going to take a look at two of the personnel moves that were made this week and kind of fit them into the puzzle of, of what you can really expect in this offseason and this coming year in this rebuild for the Montreal Canadiens. Lots to talk about. We're going to go in-depth on it. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I am Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And of course, with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at All Habs. And don't forget, follow this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Habs Connection. Visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com and remember to subscribe while you are there. Uh, this is a great, um, great segment that we have here uh, coming up. This is our mm-hmm. big topic. Uh, we're calling this Under Construction with the subtitle that everyone in Montreal can relate to, Orange Cones Everywhere. <laughs> and and really, okay, so, so go with me on this for a minute. If you really think about where the state of the Montreal Canadiens at this at this point in time at the beginning of this rebuild, uh you can you can draw a lot of parallels with the uh constant state of construction in the city of Montreal. 
Um, you know, yes, it's a it's a long project that is probably at some t- at some points in times going to feel like it's never ending. Uh, you will see orange cones everywhere, meaning there's going to be barriers. There's going to be barricades along the way. Um, and and you're not always going to be able to get directly to the place you want to go the fastest way or the way that you want to get there. Is that the Stanley Cup? Yes. Okay. Um, there are a high magnitude and, and multitude of potholes along the way. And those potholes need to be filled efficiently and effectively. Otherwise, if you don't fill those potholes, uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon's, Gordon are going to find that things are going to get derailed uh, if those potholes aren't filled. Uh, you know, the, the project in general is a long-term construction project. This is a true rebuild. This is not just a reset. Uh, you know, they're, they're even talking about changing, you know, establishing a new culture within the dressing room. That all takes time. However, when you have a long-term plan like that, there will be short-term uh, changes and fixes that are put into place to help the things going on in the here and now. Um, there's going to be detours sometimes. There's going to be unexpected things that crop up, and there's going to be things that require a lot of patience. There's going to be frustrations at times. There's going to be highs and lows. Uh, when you can see that the end is in sight and it's not quite there, it's it really is, um, you know, it's really about a construction project. And uh, yeah. This isn't a reset. This isn't uh, tweaking. Uh, this is uh, a rebuild, as you said, a, a construction project. And and I think what we want to stress to uh, our listeners is that you can't evaluate every move with with the the same set of criteria because some of those moves, sometimes you patch a, a pothole. And that gets you uh, to the next season, um, the next driving season. But sometimes you got to dig up the whole road. Uh, And sometimes, sometimes you don't have a structure there. You have to start building a bridge from scratch. Uh, And that's the the challenge of uh, Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, um, so there, there are, there's the on ice product, the roster, uh, that there's a lot of work to do as well as all the, the supporting, uh, players, the supporting mechanisms. And in some of those cases, uh, the, the, the support just was, was, uh, you know, just a, a lip service, uh, you know, when you talk about analytics or player development or those kinds of things. Uh, so it's, it's, they've got to build from the ground up, um, so there's going to be moves that that are are um, that you don't quite understand, and and uh, we're here to try and help you sort it all out. Absolutely. So, uh, what I would invite you to do throughout this summer, throughout the next season ahead, even into the following season and off season, is every move that the Canadians announce that they have made, put it into one of two buckets. Is this a move that is simply something to help boost things in the interim and in the short term uh, to help kind of to help things move along right now? Or is this something that might not give us instant gratification right now, but we put it in the long term bucket and we see that maybe two, three, four, five years down the road, there's going to be positive effects that could come out of this? Um, Because that's really how everything is going to shake out. It's there's not going to be any middle of the road kind of things here. It's either going to be a short-term influence or a long-term influence. And we saw that 
exactly play out this week with the two decisions and announcements that the Montreal Canadiens made in terms of signings this week. Uh, the first was Marie-Philippe Poulain, and the second was Chris Weidman. We'll start with Poulain. Um She is definitely a hire that you would put in the long-term bucket. There are a number of reasons why you would put her in the long-term bucket. First of all, just the title that she is going under with is is part-time player development consultant. It practically defines itself as being in the long-term bucket because development is not a quick fix. Development takes a long time. Um, the interesting thing here is that it is obvious with the with the hirings that the Canadians have done in the last, you know, six months, uh, that they want to be on the forefront and cutting edge of diverse, outside-of-the-box, creative thinking when it comes to their hiring processes, uh, because they are hiring um, quite a, a, a big number of people who do not have experience in the role that they are being hired for and instead are being hired for their alternative experience in their careers in the hopes that they can transfer that into learning a new role and bring that into a more well-rounded approach. We're talking here about Ken Hughes. We're talking about Marty St. Louis. We're talking about Vinny LeCavier. And we're talking about Marie-Philippe Poulain. The interesting thing will be is for the Canadians to be so aggressive with this approach in hiring is we will have to wait to see if this experiment is going to be successful or not. Uh, instead of dipping back into the well of, you know, you hear the complaints about stop recycling the same people within within the the, the industry. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if all of these things work out. Now, uh, Marty St. Louis asked me in another year, I want to see him a year behind the bench in a season that actually matters before I make a decision on that, really. Uh, Kent Hughes, I think, has been settling in quite well. Uh, I think his experience has been working to his advantage so far, and I think he makes a great team with with Jeff Gordon. So, so far, I think that's been a, a positive move. Um, Marie-Philippe Poulain is going to be one, again, that we're going to have to kind of wait to see. She's a popular choice. Um, she is an icon, uh, and and sh fans are certainly pleased to have her on board. Jeff Morse Molson is certainly pleased to have her on board. Um, but I mean, Marie Philippe was was even went so far to acknowledge that she has to learn the role that she's about to play because it's not something that she necessarily has experience with. She just has a certain skill set that she's hoping to bring to the team and the organization and help transition and transfer some of those skills and teachings to prospects. Um, so let's start with uh, Jeff Molson himself, actually, because he had uh, he's made it very clear that Polan was a, definitely a hiring target for him. Uh, and when he met with media after the announcement was made, uh, his his satisfaction with with his hiring was quite clear. On November 29th, um, uh, when we announced when I announced uh, the hiring of Jeff Gorton, um, uh, I also um, explained a little bit about uh, the fact that we are off going to uh, have a fresh start, um, and the fresh start not only included the hiring of Jeff and then Kent. Uh, but it, it, it included um, the hockey development program, uh, the analytics program, um, and a commitment to having a diverse um, group um, in the hockey operations. 
Um, the, the most important thing uh, for Kent and Jeff, who really are the, are the two people that are going to be working uh, most closely uh, with Marie-Philippe, um, is um, her quality as a hockey person. Um, she's a winner. She knows how to win. Um, and our players uh, are young, and they need to learn that as well. And I think that's probably the biggest priority. Uh, but at the same time, um, we, tick, we tick many boxes uh, with, with uh, Marie-Philippe. We uh, not only get somebody um, who is very competent in hockey development, player development, also is passionate about analytics, um, and also is a woman. And I think having all three in our organization is a big win for us. There's an awful lot there um, by Jeff Molson. Uh, he lays out his case, um, why he pursued uh, this person so aggressively. Um, it, it's interesting that he, he talked about uh, a fresh start as of November 29th, a reset. He's setting, d- doing a reset on the organization. Um, and it's not the first time that, that Jeff Molson has used that strategy. We remember that he came out and, and said he was giving Mark Bergevin another chance. There was a reset. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were changing the direction of, of um, Mark Bergevin's mandate so that nothing that came before really mattered, nothing counted. Uh, let's start afresh. He's doing that here again. Uh, with an entirely new team, and what is he trying to get away from? Why do, why is he he saying forget everything that happened before? Well, what he wants uh, everybody to forget about was uh, the choice of Logan Mayu, um, and that's where where everything started to unravel for for Jeff Molson and the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, that was the reason that he used to to fire. Uh, Mark Bergevin and the the communication person, interestingly enough, um, but it was it was Jeff Molson who signed off on that move. Uh, he made a mistake, um, and and he's trying to to reset everything. The Montreal Canadiens, uh, we we know that they took a big hit in their um, reputation, and they they were going to focus on marketing to win back the fans, to win back the media, to win back uh, people around the league. And they're doing that. Um, by, we've seen all of these, these choices that seem rather odd because uh, bringing in people who have no experience. Uh, he talked about, uh, um, you know, uh, Marie-Philippe um, uh, Poulin having, having uh, uh, development experience. Well, of course she doesn't. Uh, she's, she's been a player. Um, it, it talks about her being passionate. Well, lots of people are passionate, so she doesn't have experience. Um, Marty St. Louis didn't have experience. Vinny LeCavalier, um, was, was just so thrilled with his new role, which he had no experience in. And he, he, he was just so excited to tell the media. He said, I, you know, I didn't realize that you watch hockey differently when you're scouting. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> just a naive kind of, uh, approach and and but what what do they they are big names Saint Louis Le Cavalier uh, Poulin all three huge names especially in Quebec uh, that can win back the fans with their popularity using their popularity to um, make the fans excited again about the Montreal Canadiens and it's obviously working because that's uh, you know the, the, these moves all three of those moves were widely embra- embraced by the fan base. Um, so it's, it's a strategy, I guess, that's, 
um, that certainly um, developing enthusiasm, uh, getting people excited about the Montreal Canadiens again. What it means long term, uh, we don't know yet because as as we've said over and over, these these folks uh, don't have experience. Uh, Jeff Molson talked about um, uh, Poulin having um, coming from a winning background, knowing how to win, and teaching um, his players, his young players, how to win. We don't know yet how that's going to um, how that's going to pan out. Yes, Poulin has. Uh, solid accomplishments in in her fishbowl. Um, is her knowledge is it applicable to the NHL? Well, we don't know. Um, she's coming. You know, this is Marty St. Louis had uh, no experience, but at least he was playing the same game. Um, Poulin didn't play the same game. Uh, the the brand of hockey that they play is different. Is very different. the The development of the sport is at a very different stage. Um, just Friday, I, I know RDS was was uh, promoting uh, the the um, under eighteen women's world championship, the twenty twenty two women's world championship for under eighteen year olds, uh, taking place in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, in the the quarterfinal around uh, Canada, uh, beat Slovakia seven to nothing. Um, it's not preliminary round. This is the this is uh, part of the championship round, the quarterfinals. They beat a team like Slovakia seven to nothing. The shots in that game, if you look at it, sixty three to five for Canada. Sixty three like to five shots on goal for the whole game for the whole game for Slovakia. Um, you know, the, the U S uh, they beat Finland, uh, during the preliminary round, they outshot Finland 47 to 11. There is not, uh, the quality of competition throughout. Uh, so when, when he talks about the winning culture of, of Poulin, um, basically no matter what, uh, major tournament they face they're they're, they're they have a really good chance. <laughs> 99 times out of hundred, they're going to win a medal because uh, who are the, t- who are the countries who are, are advanced in women's hockey? It's Canada, it's the U S the others have got a long, long way to catch up. So will the lessons that, that, um, she's uh, had in, in maybe having a tough semifinal or a tough final, uh, will that translate to players who have to get through a very long, uh, a grueling um, a Stanley Cup, uh, a regular season, and then Stanley Cup? I, I, we don't know that yet. She's got an awful lot. We hope so. Yeah, she's got an awful lot of learning to do, and and that was one of the uh, bright spots. Is that she said uh, that th- that she she doesn't have the experience, but she's going to look forward to learning over the next four years. The other thing to keep in mind as to why we're saying this goes in kind of the long-term bucket in terms of the rebuild is because keep in mind, uh, Marie-Philippe Poulin is still playing hockey and plans to do so for the next four years because her goal is to play in the next Winter Olympics. Uh, And so that is why this is just a part-time consulting position. Um, She's going to have to find a balance between uh, training as an Olympian and 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 staying fresh herself as an athlete, uh, with also being a part time consultant for development in the Montreal Canadiens organization, and and she talked about how, um, basically, you know that that all kind of comes into play when determining really what her role as this consultant is going to be. 
Uh, yeah, obviously, I think, like I mentioned, they're they really open uh, about what I w wanted to do right away was keep playing for the next uh, four years, obviously. Uh, but I think for me is I know uh, how much I want to train, but I know also how much I want to give in with the organization here with the Montreal Canadian. And I think just knowing uh, when it's time to do the work on my personal side, but also when it's time to, to do that commitment here, when I'm very excited to start and being that consultant for those players and being able to do more work uh, video-wise or getting to go watch them. That's something that I'm very excited to, to do. Jeff Molson, when this process began, he had his number one target in mind and um, and pursued uh, Poulin um, uh, r rather aggressively. And um, initially she said no um, because she saw herself not as moving into uh, the administration of the game, but playing the game. And uh, so her priorities um, were very clear. She outlined her priorities to the Montreal Canadiens and said, uh, I want to play for the next four years. Um, so as she said, and she said it a couple of times uh, in the press briefing, that um, that the, the Canadians were very open uh, to designing uh, a role that would uh, accommodate her needs, accommodate her, her priorities. Um, they didn't have a specific position in mind. Just what can we create for you to have you part of this organization uh, where you can still pursue your dream uh, of being a player and uh, attend the, the, the next Olympics? Absolutely. You know, and, and so I think this is going to be a, a process for Poulan. Uh, she does, as she says, uh, have a lot to learn. Um, and part of part of learning is going to be how she communicates the skills that that she has and translates those into being applicable for the NHL style of game. Um, she talked about, you know, maybe taking portions of the women's game and adopting them and adapting them into teaching to prospects uh, at the NHL level. And you're, you're going to hear this in a clip in a minute. She uses the word finesse. Um, I, well, I was going to, I'll wait till after, let, let's play the clip first and Rick and I can, can talk about it then. But it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting answer uh, when you're talking about two very different styles of, of gameplay between those two different hockey leagues. Yeah, I think like obviously it's not as physical on the women's side. And I think the, the way uh, we play that game and a little bit, uh, finesse and the way we move that puck and obviously I'm not saying they're not moving it fast but I think not knowing that they're, we're not going to be body checking right in the middle of the ice uh, can move can make the move the puck a little bit faster and I think all of it moving that puck fast uh, skating hard that's something that I think we can both learn but I think from the woman's side is something that's uh, sticking out something she hasn't really thought a lot, a whole lot about because she's focused on playing hockey. She's focused on playing uh, in her league. She's focused on playing for her country. Um, so she hadn't uh, really, uh, you know, tossed that, that kind of a question in, in uh, around in her mind. Of course, um, you know, it's, it's, it's it, finesse is, is easy uh, to incorporate uh, when you, when you don't have traffic when you don't have people trying to hit you when you don't have, uh, you know, the, the men's league, very physical at, at every stage. And, and that's, 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 uh, even the, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's difficult to 
both make those those passes, uh, move the puck quickly, make split second second decisions in such a physical environment. Um, I think that that because she's been so focused on just her game and hasn't really given thought to uh, you know being an off ice uh, part of a, a team. Um, that this is something that, that is going to evolve over time in her learning to figure out how aspects of her game can be taught to, uh, players and, 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 and can be incorporated into the men's game. Um, her, you know, she probably wasn't asked, uh, these kinds of questions in her interview. It sounds like it was a, 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 a done deal in, in Jeff Molson's head, um, so it, it's, it's unfortunate when she appears before the, the immediate, she seems unprepared. I would have liked the, the Canadian staff to help her with that. Uh, but I, I, I think that this is part of the learning that she's going to do over the next four years, um, before she's ready to be that kind of, uh, a coach. I should also say that, that yes, it's her, um, her stated priority that she's going to focus on on uh, on playing, on being at the Olympics. Uh, but she also said that she wants to use this position uh, as a stepping stone to a role that can help uh, boost hockey participation uh, by girls in Quebec. She wants, that's, that's her ideal, her ideal off-ice position. Uh, and she hopes to gain experience through this uh, exposure uh, with the, in her role uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. I'm I have uh, I'm hopeful that this is going to be a success and we really won't know uh, for a couple of years. Um, we're going to have to wait to see how she adapts, how she learns. Uh, I'll be curious to hear her feedback in, say, a year or two after she's had a bit of that learning time uh, to see what she says about, OK, you know, now I see that there's differences here and I've had to, you know, tell us, tell us what her strategy has become, uh, in this, in this consulting position. Um, I certainly wish her the best. I, she's very enthusiastic. She's very passionate about it. She's very excited about it. And she certainly brings, um, you know, a lot of excitement for the fan base. And, and so I wish her the best. I hope that this turns out to be uh, a successful hire. Um, it's just, we're at this stage, like like I said at the beginning of the segment, we're at this stage where there are so many of these kind of experimental hires that it's going to take some time before we can really determine if they are a success or not. Um, and so fingers are crossed. Uh, I hope she does well. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I just I, I think a lot of fans are very excited about her being on board. And I hope that that excitement turns into actual uh, tangible results as well. It they, the the results have to be tangible because this sport is, uh, you know, it measures everyone, everyone involved on uh, their their success. So when I read something like um, I read this past week uh, from a mainstream uh, Montreal mainstream reporter, um, uh, her role is is undefined. So um, and and we know that that. Uh, Vinny LeCavalier's role is is undefined. Um, but this reporter wrote, quote, her role is up in the air, but that's not important. It's just important that she's doing anything at all. And 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 that strikes me as, no, uh, no, 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 no. The tokenism and, and the, the tone of that um, is, is not where we are. 
uh, in this age. Um, that that's that, that it's really sad uh, to have such low ex- expectations of a person who has uh, accomplished much and and will have to adapt for sure. Uh, but sounds like uh, they're quite willing to to make that commitment to learn, adapt, and contribute, and not just be the token name or the token female, which. I will end this part of the segment by saying, Jeff Molson, I keep receipts. And I am filing this away because you heard at the end of that clip of his, he said, hiring Marie Philippe ticks a lot of boxes. Talked about her uh, development experience, talked about her uh, love for analytics and the fact that she is a woman. And I am going to go right ahead, Jeff Molson, and say, Women are not just a box for you to tick off that great, we hired a woman. Hire me or any other woman because we are the best person for the job, not because we are female. And not even because we're the best female for the job. I want to be the best at the job. We're not here to be your tokens. So just going to throw that out there. I'm not going to get onto that tangent, but... I I will be filing that away in the memory banks, Jeff Molson, because I and I bet a lot of other women heard that and didn't like it. Um, it's one thing to want to diversify in your hiring process. It's another thing to say, oh, thank you. We can check off the we hired a woman box. Well, good for you, Jeff. <laughs> um, okay, switching gears. Uh, we also want to talk about Chris Weidman because so so Marie Philippe fits the long-term bucket. Well, Chris Weidman definitely goes in the short-term bucket. Um, and and that is because, um, you know, Chris Weidman, he's the first player on the active roster last season to be signed to a new contract. As we said, it's a two-year contract extension. Um, and so Chris Weidman is not a guy who's part of your long-term rebuild plans. However, Chris Weidman brings a lot to the table right now. And the things he brings to the table right now will not only potentially give you that instant gratification and immediate help, but he could be putting things into place with young prospects uh, that will continue to help the organization long after Chris Weidman is no longer part of it. Um, First, though, let's just talk about the decision that Weidman made to to sign an extension with the Canadians. And when he met with media after the announcement was made, he basically said this was this was this didn't take a lot of thinking that this this came naturally. It was just it felt right. I think, you know, you know, this year was obviously tough for our team, but on a personal level, uh, an opportunity for me to play the NHL and reestablish my reestablish myself in the league. Um just the way that I, you know, I felt that I fit in with the group and, and, you know, on and off the ice. And, um, you know, those things are invaluable uh, when you're making a decision as a player. And, um, you know, we love the city, my wife and I, so it, uh, uh, we're very happy to be back and it was uh, almost an easy decision. Very um, interesting way that he put that. Um, he had to first reestablish himself in the NHL. And, and we know that, that uh, in his career, he's played 245 games in the NHL after being drafted by the Ottawa Senators. Um, and then uh, played some time in the AHL. Um, one team was the Springfield Thunderbirds that we talked about uh, last segment. Um, and then made the decision uh, for the 2020-21 season to go play in the KHL for Torpedo. Had an excellent season there. Uh, but there was lots of question marks coming back. Will that success 
Um, can he translate uh, that success back to the NHL? Uh, what kind of player will will he be? Um, and he had a terrific season. Uh, four goals, 23 uh, assists, 27 points in 64 games, uh, was used on the power play and uh, was very versatile up and down the line uh, lineup and was oftentimes used as uh, that veteran pair with uh, a young defenseman. And uh, I think, I think um, what a successful season uh, for uh, uh, Chris Weidman and, and uh, he has a lot to be proud of. He really does. Um, and he even went further than that, talking about how, uh, you know, it really, it, this wasn't kind of, I'll use the word token again, this wasn't just a, well, you know, the offer's there, It's it's got some term to it, which I like, so so I'll just sign it. Signing in Montreal again really meant something to him, uh, and he really started to realize that after the season was over. You know, again, obviously fitting in uh, on the ice is, is extremely important. But, um, you know, I can remember my last night in Montreal. I, I spent, uh, you know, with some teammates uh, at a pub. And, and, you know, I just remember feeling there, the feeling I had when I left. And my wife was back home. So I, I called her when I left. And I just said, you know, if we can find a way to make it work to come back, I, I think this is where I belong. And I just, you know, I had that feeling that you know, these guys – on the team, we had, we've developed such close relationships and, and um, you know, it would have been hard having to kind of start all over again and, and do that somewhere else. So there he's valuing at this stage in his career at 32 years old, he's valuing different things. Um, you know, it's not all about money. It's, it's not all about, okay, I have to be, I have to play in this position in the lineup. It's about making uh, great connections uh, about feeling comfortable in a team and um, and just not wanting to start and that whole process over again when he's happy where he was. He absolutely was. And, you know, those are important things. It's, um, you know, if you feel like something is right, if you feel like you fit in, if you feel like you have a home somewhere, uh, there's no rush. Uh, you know, the grass is not always greener on the other side. And, and when you realize that, uh, you want to do everything that you can to to maintain that. Um, the big thing for me, and the reason why I say yes, this is a short term solution because Chris Weidman is a is a is a very uh, reliable defenseman. As you say, if called upon, he can play up and down the line, um, and and is has good character. He seems to be have have good leadership qualities. The reason why this could be more than just a short term solution and have a lasting uh, resonance in the Montreal Canadiens organization is his role as a mentor and a role model to the young prospects, whether it's the young D or even some of the young forwards. Um, and why do I say that? Well, particularly this this next clip we're going to play from him. And what I want you to key in on is not the self-deprecating humor that he throws, uh, throws out there at, at the beginning of the clip, but it's what he says immediately after that, which is probably the most important sentence that he said in the entire uh, press availability. And I'm not sure that a lot of people really honed in on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a tremendous opportunity. I know that, you know, my jersey's probably never going to hang in the rafters at the Bell Center, but I have an opportunity to, le to leave this organization after two years or 
however long it's going to be and, and leave it in a better place than I found it on and off the ice. And that's, I mean, that's a, it's a tremendous opportunity and a challenge and something I'm looking forward to. It was, it was kind of a, uh, it was a grounded reply. It was uh, a realistic reply. Um, it was one that um, he knows himself, um, but it was kind of an instructive reply to a very crass uh, question who asked, uh, you know, um, well, why did you sign so quickly? Did, did, if you had gone to free agency, uh, wouldn't there be more money to, to get? Didn't you leave things on the table? Um, and you know, he knows, he knows his value. Um, he knows that, that it's not necessarily determined by stats or numbers. It's not determined by money. Um, his measurement for himself is leaving, uh, the the place better than he found it. Um, and, and, you know, for a guy who, um, yes, he's, he's, you're going to fix a pothole, uh, with, with Chris Weidman. Um, Chris Weidman is not going to be on your team when you're competing for the Stanley cup. But if he can, as you said, uh, if by having an effect on young players, uh, if by, uh, taking off some of the pressure, uh, from them, uh, if he can have an impact, uh, over the next two years, um, that that's immeasurable. And, and he understands that. And, and I really respect that about him. And if any of that, uh, character and caring about, uh, character and selflessness and, uh, you know, really having his priorities straight, if any of that can rub off onto the young prospects as well, again, that's just going to be beneficial to the Montreal Canadiens for years down the road. Uh, so, so, while, yes, Chris Weidman's contract extension is definitely in the short-term bucket for the Canadians' rebuild, uh, it will it could potentially have long-term uh, benefits and ramifications. So it's kind of a win-win right there. Um, so again, just remember and 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 really kind of keep it in the back of your mind. Every time there's a new move by the Canadians by either this summer, whether it's whether it's a, a player uh, trade or signing, uh, whatever it is at the draft, if there's new front office personnel or hockey ops personnel that come on board, ask yourself the question, is this a short-term or long-term bucket move? Uh, because it's going to be one of one or the other, and both are critical for a rebuild. Um, a rebuild is going to be painful. A rebuild is not going to be instant gratification. And so there also has to be little stop gaps to help you kind of get through all of those hardships as you start to rebuild. And if the end result in two, three, four, five years from now is that you finally have an organization that is a perennial contender for the Stanley Cup, then it will all have been worth it. But but keep in mind, all of those, all of those hires, all of the moves that we're going to hear about they're either a long-term project or they're a short-term solution. So just a little bit of perspective. Take it one day at a time. Uh, it's going to be a long process and we'll be here with you the entire way. Um, all right. We are going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Up next, we are going to uh, get you caught up on anything that you might have missed around the Rocket Sports Media platforms this week and get you all set for what we have in store for you this coming week. So stay with us. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, 
entertained and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 195 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Of course, you can follow this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Habs Connection and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And don't forget to text us anytime if you've got something to say, a comment, some feedback, a question, you name it. Text us at the Rocket Sports text line 585-3-ROCKET. Uh, in this segment, we know it's you know, it is summertime, even though it's not really off season uh, for a lot of other uh, hockey teams and so forth. But it is summertime and we know you're busy out there enjoying family, friends and beautiful weather. So maybe you missed out on some of the things that we've uh, had for you here at Rocket Sports this week. Uh, just want to remind you, of course, to bookmark allhabs.net. That's our flagship website, All Habs Hockey Magazine, uh, where every Monday you'll find a Habs notepad article from Chris G., bringing you up to speed on all all of the latest Habs news. You'll also occasionally throughout the week find a Habs headlines article with the latest breaking news. And and during the the regular hockey season, of course, it's the place to go for your Montreal Canadiens news, uh, game day previews, game recaps, feature articles, all that uh, all that good stuff. So make sure you bookmark allhabs.net. Also, uh, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can do that at youtube.com slash allhabs. Join the hundreds of people who have subscribed there uh, and uh, follow along. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, and you'll never miss an episode every Thursday as I host the Habs Hockey Report show on YouTube, uh, bringing you all of the latest from the Habs, the Laval Rocket, lots of fan interaction, uh, exclusive interviews. Uh, we've uh, I've had a I've had at least three different um, just to, we 
we just had episode 15 this last week uh, talking about the off-season excitement of some of the hirings and so forth. But just in those 15 weeks, we've already had three exclusive interviews, actually four exclusive. No, I'm going to say five. Wow. Yes, it just keeps going up. Exclusive interviews that you won't find anywhere else. Uh, Players within the the Canadians organization, former players, uh, you know, so you don't want to miss that. Join over at youtube.com slash allhabs and hit the subscribe button. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to both of our podcasts, both this one, Canadians Connection, and our sister podcast, The Press Zone, comes out every Tuesday at thepresszone.fm, hosted by Rick and myself. uh, And uh, we talk about Habs prospects. We really go in-depth with Laval uh, and Habs prospects. And and Rick, we certainly want everyone to subscribe and, and listen along. Subscribe uh, to both podcasts, uh, share them a- as well, uh, so that your friends get to hear them too. And uh, and coming up uh, on Tuesday on the press zone, um, you're gonna you're gonna want to listen about uh, about that that Springfield Laval series. We're going to uh, be joined by Patrick Williams joining us for an AHL hot stove. He'll have lots to say about this series. Also, uh, update you on the other series, uh, the Chicago Stockton series. Um, which is coming to a head, and we may, by that point, uh, know who our Calder Cup finalists will be. We just might know. We will see. Um, In addition to that, uh, be sure, as we said, to follow along our AHLReport.com coverage of the Laval Rockets Eastern Conference Final Series. That's the really big thing on tap for the next three uh, three or four days. We've got Game 5 tonight at Place Bell. Our Chris G is already there getting settled into the press box. Uh, and then uh, the series then shifts to Springfield for Game 6 on Monday night. And if necessary, Game 7 will be held next Wednesday also in Springfield. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be intense. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. I think there's going to be a lot more headlines coming out of that mm-hmm. series. Uh, and of course, uh, while I had so much fun being here uh, with you this week, um, Michael Spinella will return and reclaim his hosting spot next Saturday, uh, June 18th, for the next episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. It's signing season. It's qualifying season. So uh, we're going to have lots of news uh, next week. And Michael will be back, be back in the hosting chair with or without his drumsticks. We're not sure, but uh, <laughs> make sure you tune in. Uh, Saturday, June 18th is the next episode. Absolutely. So be sure you subscribe. We don't want you to ever miss an episode. Uh, take it with you on a, a nice walk. If you're going out for a walk or a bike ride or a, a road trip, whatever you're doing this summer, just take the Canadians Connection podcast along with you uh, and uh, enjoy your week. Thanks for being here with us this week, and we'll get things ready for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast next week right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.